series that I'm preparing for next year and uh, all the things that the Lord is working in our heart. He has me on about three tracks right now, and boy, it gets jumbled up inside. But as I was contemplating the words of that uh, last song that Joya sang, uh, there was a line in there that just struck my heart uh, this, this season when, uh, from Mary's perspective, as she offered herself to the Lord and as she made herself available to him, and as uh, she said, be born in me, uh, that is really prophetic of, of the heart that has to be held in the, in the heart of individuals who are in the lives of individuals who are to invite Jesus in, who are to invite God in to, uh, to lead them and to guide them. And so for just a few moments, I would like to talk to you about that one line. She said, all I have to offer you is a vacancy in my heart. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all the presentations that have been uh, made this morning and all the things that have been said all of the expressions, the beautiful expressions of worship. I pray above all that in everything that we have done today from uh, the the season of worship that we had together corporately to the individual individual presentations that uh, we have uh, experienced this morning, that your name has been glorified and that you have been lifted up in this house. And now I pray that over the next few minutes as we talk about your word together as we look at your word together that something would happen in the vacancy in our heart that you would come to reside there and we give you praise for it in the name of Jesus um, that's just an interesting line uh, that, the, that, we, that someone would say to the Lord all I have to offer you is the vacancy that is in my heart and I, as I begin to contemplate that I begin to understand that the, the Bible says uh, that our righteousness is as filthy rags and, and it says that anything that we could bring to the Lord, anything that we have to offer him, it really isn't much. And uh, I remember whenever the Lord first uh, made it clear to me that I was going to be uh, the pastor here at Church of Living Water, there were some things that I felt like that I lacked. And I went before the Lord and I made him a list of the things that I thought that I could do fairly okay. And I said, you know, Lord, these are things that I don't feel as worried about these things, but there's some things over here that I feel like I need. And lo and behold, to my great surprise, everything that I told the Lord that I kind of thought I had together was the things that I just totally messed up along the way pretty quickly. And uh, all the things that I thought I had together were the things that were completely not together at all. And I realized that I had nothing to offer the Lord except my availability. Lord, I'm available to you. And uh, so as we begin to, to look at life from that perspective and realize that, that whenever he called us, I, it's kind of puzzling to me that the Lord in the beginning, that God in the beginning, whenever he created Adam and Eve, the word causes us to understand that what God wanted in a relationship with Adam and Eve was someone to hang out with that would understand him and know him. So he said, I'm going to make someone that's like me, kind of like me, so they'll have an identity with me so that I can come and hang out with them. You know what God was creating? He was creating family. He was creating family. Someone like me. And the word says that he would come in the cool of the day and that he would walk with, with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and he would spend time with them. And that picture there is that every one of those days at the appointed time, God was looking forward to coming 
and spending time with Adam and Eve. Well, of course, after the, the sin uh, that, uh, and the rebellion and the fall and all that took place there, uh, the scripture tells us that God had already made provision in his heart that he knew what he was going to do because he knew what they were going to do because he's God and, and all of that. And so he'd made provision. But we have some scripture that uh, comes many years later that I want to share with you this morning that comes out of the experience uh, of really separation from God. In the Old Testament, whenever Adam and Eve had sinned and God moved them out of the garden and he, they, he set up uh, sacrifices and rituals and laws and, and things to begin to reveal himself again to the people in the earth, uh, when you get down to uh, about the time of David and, and of Solomon and of all of those uh, kings of uh, Israel, you begin to see the perspective that arises in their heart because they're living in a time where God is over here and man is over here and only occasionally does God speak to man through a man on an occasional uh, uh, individual basis for one reason or another does God ever speak. Otherwise, he just expects them to read what he's written and do what he said. And so in that environment, some of these words arise. I want to just share with you from Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and uh, verse 2. It says, vapor of vapors. Futility of futilities, says the preacher. Not this one, but that one uh, that he had. Vapor of vapors and futility of futilities. All is vanity, emptiness, falsity, and vainglory. Have you ever met anyone who was living out of that attitude and out of that frame of mind? There are some folks who still live there. But uh, he came to the place in his life that he was saying everything is just emptiness. Emptiness. That it just doesn't mean anything anymore. And this is the, at that time, the richest man in the earth. And what God had said was none wiser would come after him. So out of his wealth and out of his wisdom, he's saying everything is vain in the earth. This is all, this down here is all meaningless and empty. He said it again in, in Ecclesiastes 12.8, vapor of vapors, futility of futility, says the preacher. All is futile. All is empty. Ecclesiastes 2 and 21, here's, here's one for you. I like this one. For here is a man who, who labors with wisdom and knowledge and skill. Here's a man who labors with wisdom and knowledge and skill. Out of all that he's amassed to himself, out of his wisdom and out of his knowledge and out of his skill, he says, yet to a man who has not toiled for it, he must leave it all. Boy, that'll just lift your spirits. I've worked all of my life and I've, I have money in the bank and I have land that is paid for and I have possessions and I have all of these things and I have to leave them to somebody who hasn't worked for them at all. The saying nowadays is, you can't take it with you. And so these men had come to the point in their life, even though they were followers of God, even though everything that they had in this life had come to them from God, they recognized the emptiness of life in the earth. If it's life in the earth, for the sake of life in the earth, we live and we die and it's over. And they found emptiness. Emptiness. 
Habakkuk prophesied it in chapter 2 and verse 13. Behold, it is not by appointment of the Lord of hosts that the nations toil only to satisfy the fire. That's uplifting, huh? You're like, okay, pastor, get to the good news, right? He said, that will consume their work and the peoples weary themselves only for emptiness. They just labor for nothing. Y'all want the prophets to arise nowadays, but if they come and they prophesy that, I don't know, we might, we might find ourselves stoning prophets again, huh? Because he said they just labor for emptiness. But I, want to, I do want to give you the good news. Listen to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. So this I say, and solemnly testify in the name of the Lord as in his presence. I'm speaking to you as though I'm standing in the very presence of the Lord where only truth can dwell. Right? That you must no longer live as the heathen or the Gentiles do in their perverseness, in the folly, vanity, and emptiness of their souls and in the futility of their minds. He said, I want to challenge you this morning. So, so if, if, the, if he was going to challenge the folks in the Ephesian church, then I want to say to you and I want to challenge you this morning that the reason that Jesus came was so that you and I no longer had to live in a way that is, uh, that is folly, that is vanity, that is emptiness, and that is futile. God created every one of you with a vacancy in your heart. He created a God-sized hole in you that only God can fill. The challenge of our generation is that we've grown up in, in, in a great nation, in the greatest nation on the face of the earth at this time in history. We've grown up in this, in this great system of wealth and prosperity and blessing that no matter where you are, even if you're living at the poverty level in the United States of America, you are living better than folks in other nations. Do you understand and realize that? And so we've grown up in a culture that has allowed us to pursue the blessings of the earth, to try to fill the place in our heart that God designed that only he could fill. So there is a God-sized hole in your life. And I'm challenging you this morning that in the months and the, in the days and the months, the weeks, the years that are ahead of you, that your pursuit would be to fill the God-sized hole that is in your life with the God who created you. It's just right for his presence. It's exactly what is needed for him to come and dwell. And the Bible says that God who created the earth, he never changes, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the God who created you with a God-sized hole in your heart still gets up every morning and looks over the face of the earth. As the sun rises over the morning, he looks upon the earth to find someone who will allow him to come in the cool of the day and walk with them and talk with them and visit with them and speak into their heart and into their life, just like he did with Adam and Eve in the beginning. 
The good news is that, that what Solomon found as emptiness and vanity and, and what the unfortunate reality that he found, that man lives and dies in the earth and the things that he masses to himself, he leaves to someone who didn't work for them. And it seemed to be such an empty cycle. And Solomon said, this is emptiness, this is vanity. And then the apostle comes along and says, you no longer have to live in emptiness and you no longer have to live in vanity. And then the scripture says that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where you're invested, where you're invested, that's where your heart is. Your heart doesn't have to live in emptiness and vanity. There's a God-sized hole in your life and, and in your heart, and the Holy Spirit is waiting to be the fill of that place in your life and in your heart. It is perfectly sized for the God who created you, that he could come and dwell with you, that he could come and hang out with you, that he could come and visit with you, that he could come and show you how he created you in his image and in his likeness, and therefore you have things in common with God that you don't have in common even with your own neighbor. Some of your own family members. You didn't choose them. Somebody else married them and brought them in. (laughs) Paul said to the Romans in in, uh, Romans chapter 15, he said, and I know that when I do come to you, he was explaining to them his desire to come with them. He said, I will come in the abundant blessing of the gospel of Christ. I love that description of the gospel. I love that description of the good news. It is the abundant blessing of the, of, the, of the gospel of Christ that we live in and that we walk in. That's the reason that we do what we do. If Church of Living Water just had to be a club or an organization where people got together, got to know each other, fellowship together a little bit, and did some nice things for the community, it's not a place I'd want to hang out. But because it is designed for the express purpose of walking and living in the abundant gospel of Jesus Christ, there is an environment set in the house where the God-sized hole that is in the life of every individual who comes through that door and participates and plants himself in the vision of what God is doing in this city and in this community, that God comes in and he fills that place in their heart and in their life and he makes us move from a, from a frame of mind where all is just vanity and hopelessness and helplessness to the frame of mind and understanding that everything that we put our hand to is blessed and everything that we create and everything that that God does in us is for an eternal purpose and that there is a generation that is coming up behind us and everything that we do and invest in the kingdom is to allow them to be able to walk on a foundation of blessing in God and then whenever we leave the earth and when our time is done there will be no sense of vanity there will be no sense of futility and there will be no sense of emptiness because we are thinking eternally we're thinking with eternal perspective we're looking at life with eternal perspective there is great hope and there is great strength let me give you a couple of other scriptures Jesus speaking of himself he said I want to explain to you something in John 10 10 he said there's a thief and he comes to kill to steal and destroy But he said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I'm telling you, God loves words like abundant and blessed. And he loves increase. I love the fact that in in Scripture, there there is understanding that is drawn out of Scripture that God always speaks of greater things. 
I know that in this house, that that although we have existed as a church for over 25 years now, that the 25 years that are ahead of us are far greater and the destinies that God has for us and the things that will unfold in our life that are ahead of us, the things that are to be accomplished will be far greater than anything we've ever done before because God always speaks of greater things. God really only likes decrease for a moment while he makes adjustments so that he can increase us in greater measure. If you find yourself today in the, in the economic realities of the earth, if you find yourself today in a place of decrease where it seems like your world is getting small and things are kind of diminishing around you, that's the time when you get before the Lord and you say, oh, thank you, Jesus. You're taking some burdens off of me. You're taking some responsibilities away from me. You're shifting things around because you're getting ready to bring me into a place where you're going to cause greater blessing to be upon me, greater opportunities to be before me, greater things to do for you in my future than I've ever done in my past. Always speaks of greater things. Jesus said in John 15 and 5, this is, this is some of that good news of the abundant blessing of the gospel. He said, I'm the vine and you are the branches and whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. What the writer of Ecclesiastes was describing was a sense that the life that he was living at that time was not producing fruit that would remain and that would last and that would mean something. I've often prayed to the Lord and I said, Lord, whatever you do, don't let my life end until something has been accomplished out of it that means something after I'm gone. And that's what he was feeling like. So far, all of the stuff that I've done and, and all of the wealth that I've amassed and all of the wisdom that I've gained, if it goes to the grave with me and, and all of this goes on to someone else who hasn't toiled for it, what has it accomplished? But in Christ Jesus, those things that you invest in, those things that you set your hand to, when you allow him to come in and to order the the steps of your life and to make your way straight before you and to fill that void of emptiness that he created in you so that you would hunger and thirst for something to fill it. God created that in you. I'm completely convinced that individuals who deal with 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 loneliness and with depression and with, uh, with fear and with anxiety, that all of those things are motivators to move them and to point them to a God who loves them, Amen. who absolutely despises loneliness and depression and fear and anxiety and will address those things in a moment if they come and they submit themselves to him. I, I believe that those are all part of that God sighs whole in the heart of the human race. God is saying to us, will we be the individuals who will say to him, Lord, I don't have much to offer you, but there's a vacancy in me that you can fill. I have a vacancy in my heart that I offer you today. Titus 3.3, one last scripture. He says, for we ourselves, who were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, 
living in malice and envy, hateful, or, and hating one another. But after the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, I think he's talking about Jesus. After the kindness and love of, of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly. There's that wonderful word again. That he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That being justified by his grace, that we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I want to challenge you this morning that if you pray any prayer this holiday season, if you say anything to God this holiday season, and I hope that you do, that you would say, Lord, there is a vacancy in my heart, and I recognize after Pastor shared this morning that 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 vacancy was created by you, that that emptiness was created by you, and I'm not going to fill that emptiness by pursuing uh, various pursuits in the earth. Uh, Pursuing my career won't fill that hole. Lord, pursuing my education, as important as that may be, it won't fill my hole, uh, the hole in my heart. Lord, pursuing after the things of the earth, amassing to myself wealth and success, by the world standards, that's not going to fill the hole in my heart. But Lord, you, oh God, would you come? And would you fill the hole in my heart? And Lord, if you'll do that, I'll find a way to be like Adam and Eve were in the beginning. And, and I'll try to, uh, to have that time for you to come in the cool of the day and to sit with me, to walk with me in the garden, to, to hang out with me. Lord, I'll rise early and have time with you and speak with you and and let you speak to me. Lord, come and fill that hole in my heart. Come, there's a big vacancy sign that's hanging over my life. And I want you to come and fill it. Lord, we bless that prayer this morning. Would you stand together? Prayer teams that are assigned for today will be up here. (coughs) Hallelujah. Rachel, let's sing that as the prayer teams are coming. Let's just lift our voices together. Oh, come.
just say this to you. If you're standing here this morning, and my first question would be, if there's someone in the room, you've never said, Lord, come and fill that vacant place in my heart. Maybe it never occurred to you that there was an emptiness that God needs to fill. That's just a matter of a simple communication with God. That's just a matter of saying, Jesus, come, fill me. Come and live in me. If you're here this morning and that's you, I want you to be sure and come to one of these prayer teams and I want you to say, I need God to fill an empty place in my heart. Perhaps there's someone in the room this morning that, that you know that he needs to fill an empty place in your heart. You understand that God is the only thing that can really fill that place. But you've not been terribly aggressive about that happening. You've not been terribly focused on that. Maybe you've just been a place been in a place of distance from the Lord and and you need to come closer and you need to say, Lord, I know that that place isn't going to be filled uh, as long as I'm just being nominal about a relationship with you. I want you to come to the prayer teams and I want you to say, would you pray with me? I I need the Lord to fill my heart. I need need to make that vacancy available to him. He will not come uninvited. He will not come without invitation. So I challenge you to invite him this morning. And then if there's anyone in the room and you are here for any other, you are facing any other challenges, you're facing health issues, you're facing weakness, you're facing frustration, you're facing that uh, uh, fear and depression or anxiety, there's yet a place for God to fill. There's some areas of your life that he wants you to let him into so that he can bring healing and strength to you. I want you to come. Do not leave here carrying some burden that, that you don't need to carry. I want you to come. Make yourself available to these prayer teams that they can believe God with you and pray for you. The rest of you that are here this morning, I want to say Merry Christmas to you and, and I want to pray a blessing over you and I want to challenge all of you to come back for fellowship tonight at 6 o'clock and, uh, and communion together and we will enjoy seeing you again and fellowshipping together tonight. Very casual, relaxed environment and the Lord will bless you. Let me pray a blessing over your life. Father, we bless your people today. We thank you for what you are doing in them. We thank you for challenging them to fill that vacant place in their heart with you. And Lord, I pray your blessing would be upon them this week. I pray that whatever they do as their family gathers together for fellowship, I pray that relationships are renewed. I pray that healing comes. I pray that blessing comes. I pray that your presence is felt as they gather as families around the table and around the Christmas tree or whatever celebration that they have, Father. I pray that you meet with them and bless them in the name of the Lord. Let blessing come on the right hand and on the left, rising up and lying down, going in and going out. And Father, let the work of their hands be blessed abundantly. Fulfill all that you dream to do in them and we give you great praise for it in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. If you're visiting with us, I'd love an opportunity to greet you at the door and to bless you and to thank you for your visit. Greet one another in the name of the Lord. Lord bless you and thank you for sharing today with us.